Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So if you have your Bibles, open in Proverbs chapter 4. We started a series a couple weeks ago called Habits. And we've been talking about ways to build good spiritual habits for the new year. Uh, we started a couple weeks ago just talking about ways and, and focusing on the who of the habits and not just the what. Um, I do want to say thank you to our, our sound and video guys. We had to up, update, upgrade our presentation system, the, the stuff that runs this, the stuff that runs our live stream. We were using stuff that hadn't been supported since like 2020. <laughs> we were just stubbornly hanging on to the old. And so we finally upgraded and it looks totally different. And so poor Josiah and Tyler came in Wednesday and got a really quick, hey, here's where everything's at now. And so they're doing a great job. So appreciate you guys doing that. Yeah. That is a, it's good to have people that are not afraid of change. So anyway, habits. We, we talked about uh, being the person, looking at the person we want to be and building habits that will help us get there. And, and this has got some information from several different authors in it. Uh, we said Craig Rochelle, uh, Cleary, some of these other guys. Uh, so we're going to look at that. So today we're going to get super, super, super practical. Uh, we started about talking about who we want to be and looking at who God wants us to be. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Kenny shared about how to start new habits and he gave everybody dominoes. Uh, with and you put your habit you want to start and we talked about how a domino effect a little bitty tiny domino can start a chain that will eventually take over an enormous domino because of the effect of that and that's how habits work right if we start small and do small changes and keep building on those small changes eventually we'll be somewhere we want to be and that that works spiritually if you just take a few minutes every day to spend time in God's word and and read the bible a little bit at a time eventually it, it starts living in you right and when you come into situations, God's word just kind of pops into your mind and your heart. That's built on habits. Spending time in prayer, that works. Uh, physically, this works. You don't go out and run a 5K if you haven't run. You can do it, but it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to hurt then. It's going to hurt later, right? It works diet. You know, you don't just stop eating Twinkies and start eating broccoli in a day. It, it takes a process, right? A long process. And so it's those small steps. So today we're going to talk about how to break bad habits. We talked about starting good habits. Today we're going to talk really, really practically about how to break bad habits, how to stop those things. In Proverbs chapter 4, starting verse 14, Proverbs is a book that King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived because he had supernatural wisdom, wrote this book for his son. And he was telling his son how to live. And look at what he says in chapter 4, verse 14. Don't do as the wicked do. In other words, don't have bad habits that the other people have. And don't follow in the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. What does that mean practically? Don't do the stuff other people are doing just because they're doing it. Because a bad habit will eventually get you a place you don't want to be and cost you a whole lot more than you want to pay. And you say, well, yeah, that's kind of practical. Where is that in the Bible? Well, I'll show you. Judges chapter 16, 
the book of Judges is, is kind of a sad book. It's when the people of Israel, that's not on the screen. I'm just going to kind of summarize it for you. Uh, the people of Israel wanted a king. They wanted a king. They wanted a king. They wanted a king. And God said, well, let me just be your king. And they didn't. And they started doing stuff all the other nations around them were doing. And so God would send other nations to come in and take them over and say, well, how do you like that? And then they would cry and, and turn away from their evil, and God would send a judge to deliver them. Well, one of the judges, one of the most famous ones, was a guy named Samson. And all the kids know Samson because of his what? Huge muscles and long hair, right? But Samson was a guy who was given to the Lord. But Samson made some really, really bad choices. And in Judges chapter 16, verse 1, it says, One day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Is that a bad decision? Yes. <laughs> Did that bad decision happen in an instant? No. It happened over time because Gaza is about 25 miles from Zara, the town he lived in. Now, in those days, you didn't call an Uber and hop in and go 25 miles. You didn't go out and start your Prius and go 25 miles. You had to what? You had to walk or you had to ride a donkey or a mule or a camel, depending on your social status and financial status. It took a long time. This would take hours, hours and hours of walking or riding to get there. All those hours and hours and hours gave him an opportunity to do what? Turn around and go back. And this night he spent with a prostitute led to his eventual downfall. Because Gaza was the place where the Philistines lived. And the Philistines are the people who eventually killed Solomon, and it's a long, sordid story. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of have these summary statements like this. He went down there and spent the night with a prostitute. Well, when you look at the background, it was a lot of small steps leading up to that. And, guys, we do this all the time in life, don't we? Well, that guy had an affair and his marriage ended. Well, did that affair happen overnight? It might have happened overnight. Well, let's not get in there. But it didn't start overnight, did it? It started with small steps, with glances that shouldn't have been there, with text messages that shouldn't have been there, with conversations privately that shouldn't have been there. Well, she made some really bad choices and she lost her job. Yeah, but it wasn't just one bad choice, was it? It was a series of things that led up to that bad choice. So we say these summary statements, but in fact, habits take time. They take time to build and they take time to stop. And so we're going to talk about how we can stop these bad habits. Now, we don't have to be drastic things like that. Maybe your bad habit you want to stop is oversleeping in the morning, hitting the snooze alarm 12 times. Maybe it's being habitually late. Maybe it's not spending time in God's word. Maybe it's a habit that has bugged you for years and you've wanted to stop and you've tried to stop. And you know it's going to destroy your life and cost you way more than you want. Well, we want to talk today about how to stop those bad habits. It could be an action, or it can be a thought, it can be a habit, whatever it is. So we're going to look at these things. So uh, in James chapter 1, James is one of my favorite books because he's very, very practical. I'm from Missouri. Uh, they call it the show me state because we're stubborn people as a whole. And we want people to show us how things work, right? James is that guy, man. James could have totally been a southern Missourian. The accent and everything, and the good barbecue and all that. In James chapter 1, he says, Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your souls. He's saying, get rid of the bad habits, and allow God's word to dwell inside of you. So how do we do that? Well, first, how do we break these? We need to figure out where we want to start. 
We need to identify one bad habit we want to change. Now, you might say, Pastor, I got like 20. <laughs> we can't do 20 at once, right? We need to fix our eyes on one. So today I'm praying as we're going through this message that God starts poking you, the Holy Spirit starts prodding you about that one bad habit you want to stop. So we need to figure that out. What is that one habit? Maybe uh, it's a sugar addiction. Maybe it's a caffeine addiction. Maybe it's gossiping. Maybe it's a negative attitude. Maybe it's constantly being late. Maybe you're addicted to video games or pornography or any of those things. I love this line by Craig Rochelle. He says, we can't defeat what we can't define. We can't defeat what we can't define. We need to take the time to look at our lives and say, what is God telling me I need to stop? A couple weeks ago, Pastor Kenny shared with you, you got to let God show you the things you want to start, right? A good place to start. Well, God can also show us things we need to stop. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's Netflix. You know, whatever it is, whatever those things are that we need to stop. A professor one time said, if more than one person who loves you tells you you have a problem, you probably have a problem. So, you know, somebody say, oh, it's just my wife. It's just my husband. He's just mad about that. But if several of your friends tell you, hey, you probably need to stop this, you probably need to stop it. Okay? If more than one person who loves you tells you you have a problem, you most likely have a problem. It's probably not everybody else. Right? So we need to find that one habit we want to tackle, and we need to understand that good things come hard. Stopping a bad habit is not just a, oh, I'm done. Sometimes it is, because sometimes God does incredible deliveries. We've seen people... They'll come down to the altar and they'll never touch cigarettes again. They'll never touch alcohol again. They'll never look at pornography again. Sometimes God does that. Sometimes God says, let me help you with that. Let me help you do that a day at a time because you need to depend on me. Maybe God is saying, you need to get rid of that negative attitude you have, that victim attitude, and, and let me help you do that a little at a time. Maybe it is Twinkies. You know, maybe God's saying, you need to just get rid of that box and don't go back. You know, whatever that might be. Um, so starting good habits are difficult and stopping bad habits are difficult. And guys, here's the thing we'll talk about here in just a moment. But when you start a good habit, what do you do? It's usually painful at first, right? It's hard at first. And then eventually the payoff comes. You know, if I decide I want to start jogging and I start jogging a little bit more every day, it hurts, right? Your knees hurt, your back hurts, your lungs hurt, your head hurts, your hair hurts. I mean, it's everything hurts when you jog. But then eventually what happens? Hey, I can run a 5K and it's no big deal. Hey, I don't get winded going up the stairs to my house. Hey, you know, I drop five pounds. My knees feel better. Whatever that is, it's hard, 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 and then the payoff and the reward comes. Bad habits are the opposite because they start, they feel pretty good when you do it, right? Sinning is fun. For a little while. And you may say, sinning's not fun. You probably didn't do it right. Because sin is fun for a little while, right? But what eventually happens? The payoff. Your marriage ends. The doctor tells you you've got heart issues because of all the sugar and, or whatever it is. But there's always a payoff. And it's always more than we want to pay. I don't know anyone who says, yeah, I really wanted my marriage to fall apart. I really wanted to not ever see my kids again. I really, you know, it never happens that way. It's the fun at first and then the payoff. So what is God telling us we need to stop? 
What is he telling us we need to stop? There's this place, when we go see my parents in Missouri, there's this little gas station in Sykeston, Missouri that sells these things called fried pies. You guys ever had a fried pie? Oh, they are insanely good. They have one that's chocolate and peanut butter in a fried shell. It is amazing. And so when we go there, we always stop and get some of these fried pies. And so the whole rest of the trip, I'm thinking, mm. and then you warm them up in the toaster oven and they're crunchy on the outside, warm on the inside. They are insane. And I always tell myself, I'm going to eat like a fourth of it, you know, but then what happens? I eat half and then, you know, and eventually I ate the whole thing in one sitting. That does not feel good later. My body says, what are you doing? And then I'm sluggish and I sleep too long and I'm cranky because I got this sugar high. I'm like, woohoo! And then, you know, it's awful. And every time I tell myself, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and every time I do, even Amy will be like, you better slow down. I'm like, ah, you don't understand. This is so good, you know. She does. So, guys, this is what happens in our lives. It's always a little fun at first, but then the payoff is horrible. So what things can God help us? What is God telling us we need to stop? So if we want to stop it, we need to identify that habit. We need to realize it's going to be tough, and we need to identify ways to make it easier. We need to identify ways to make it easier. Pastor Kenny shared that when you want to start a good habit, you have to make it easy to start that good habit, right? Do the work ahead of time. Put your clothes out so when you go to the gym in the morning, it's easy to just grab the bag and go if you're trying to get that habit going. Set a reminder on your phone to spend time in God's Word if you're trying to do that to make it easier. The same goes for bad habits. We can make it harder to do the bad habit. Well, how do we do that? Well, we have to be aware of the habit loop. This is a thing called the habit loop. All right, there's always a cycle to habits. But before I show you the picture of it, I want to show you this. We all have a certain amount of emotional energy in a day. Have you guys noticed this? Certain things wear you out emotionally more than others. You only have a limited amount. That's why when I go to the gym, I go first thing in the morning because I know in the evening I will have no willpower left. Right? You have to do it first thing. If you're fighting a bad habit and you're fighting it and fighting it and fighting it, eventually you get tired of fighting it, right? If you leave it in that place. There are just certain things. The more we fight temptation in a day, the more difficult it becomes. The more decisions we make in a day, the more difficult those decisions come. There's a guy named Steve Jobs. He's the guy who founded Apple way, way back in the day. You know what Steve Jobs wore every single day? Same thing. Black turtleneck, jeans, white shoes. Every day. And people said, why do you wear the same thing every day? He said, because I don't have to think about it. It's one less decision I have to make every day. So I have more energy in my brain to do the things I need to do. Brilliant, right? And you don't have to wear the same thing every day. But you can, like, put out your clothes in the morning to make it easier so you don't have to, or at night, so you don't have to think about it in the morning, right? Those kind of things. We have to make those things easier. Make your, if you're trying to eat healthy, make healthy meals ahead of time and, and put them in the fridge or put them in the freezer. That way you don't have to what? Think about it. It's just there. So we all have a certain amount of emotional energy, and we need to spend that wisely if we want to stop bad habits. Don't put yourself in a situation that will drain your emotional energy and keep you unable to fight those things. So we need to be aware of how this habit loop works. So uh, did I put the picture on there? The picture of the habit loop? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. And it should be on the live stream too. This is the habit loop. This is not mine. I found this. All right, so there's a trigger. A trigger is the thing that signals to do the habit, right? 
So if you're hungry, hunger is the trigger. If you have a sugar addiction, it's that tweak in your brain that says, I need sugar, right? Or caffeine, it's the headache. Whatever it is, the trigger. Then you do the habit itself. That's called the routine. It could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. And there's a reward, the positive feedback. So if those of you who have ever exercised before, there's this endorphin release when you exercise, right? That's the reward. So if you go out and you work hard, out, you work out hard and you get done with class and you go, whew, it's that feeling like, oh, that actually felt pretty good. It hurt, but it felt good later. It's that when you have that trigger, it says, I need coffee. And you take that first drink of coffee and that hits your brain. You go, oh, right? That's the reward for that. That's the caffeine hitting your brain, right? It's the reward. And yes, there are addictions to that. Um, so there's a trigger routine reward. So if we want to start a good habit, what do we have to do? We have to trigger it to do the action and then get reward. We have to find that trigger. If you want to stop a bad habit, what do we have to do? Avoid the trigger and interrupt the action or the routine, right? Super practical, but this is in Scripture, guys. This is all over the Bible. So the habit starts with that trigger and then the reward. The trigger is like, this is what you want to do. So we have to understand that there are triggers in our lives, right? If we have a bad habit, there is a trigger that causes the bad habit. We need to figure those things out. And there are five different types of triggers that, that writers say. And these come from those books that I told you earlier, Atomic Habits and all those things. The first could be a place. The trigger could be a place. When I go to this place, I do this. Right? If I go to McDonald's, I get this meal. If I go to this person's house, we do this. It could be good or it could be bad. If I go to this person's house, we do devotions together, and that's a good thing. If I go to this person's house, they have beers there, and we drink beers. That could be, that's a bad thing, right? If that's what you're trying to stop. It's whatever that is. So it could be a place. It could be a time that triggers you. It could be a mood. How many of you understand we have moods, and moods make us do things? How many of you are morning people? <laughs> There's a couple of you. How many of you are not morning people? Do you have a mood in the mornings? Does that mood make you do things? Your kids see that face, they say, ooh, I'm not talking to mom or dad right now. I'll wait, right? It's those moods that can trigger things. It could be a person. How many of you guys know there are people in our lives that cause us to do things we shouldn't do? There are people in our lives who cause us to do things we should do. We've all had good friends that trigger us to do things better, right? We've all had friends that have caused us to do stupid things. When I gave my life to Christ, I had some friends I had to stop hanging out with because when I got around them, my IQ dropped significantly. I'm just being honest. They said, why don't you hang out with us anymore? Because I said, I don't want to do that stuff anymore. And I don't have the emotional energy to fight it right now, so I'm just not going to hang out with you. It happens. I had a relationship I had to break off because I said, I just can't do that anymore. I'm not that person anymore because of what Jesus has done in me. And I know if I stay around you, I'm going to be that person. And I don't want to be. You're a great person. I just, we're not good together. There are people who help us. When I met Amy, I realized this is a girl who's going to help me accomplish God's goals for my life because she makes me better, right? Hopefully we all have those people in our lives. That's what a church family is for. Our church family helps us be better together. Thank you. <laughs> Someone agrees, right? That's what we're supposed to be, together. 
So typically, if we're talking about bad habits, we do hurtful or harmful things at a certain time or a place. Typically, if you're going to binge on Twinkies or fried pies, you don't do it at the gym. That's just weird, right? You do that at home where no one else sees you devouring peanut butter pies, right? You do that. If you're going to watch pornography, you don't typically do it around your friends, right? You do it where? In secret. If you're going to gossip, you don't typically do it around your Bible study group, I hope. Typically, it's with other people who like to gossip, right? If you're going to use illegal drugs, you don't typically park in front of the police station and get high. That's just not where you do it. There are some who have. (laughs) They're in a different place now. We don't do that, right? We don't do those things. So we have to look at those triggers. So let's get real practical, guys, real quick. We've got a few minutes left. I want to talk practically about ideas for removing bad habits from our lives. How many of you know it is possible to break bad habits? God will give us the strength to do that. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is what? Faithful. Guys, that is the key right there. The temptations you face, the temptations I face are the same everyone faces. The difference is what we do with those temptations, right? And he says, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to become more than you can stand. Now, there's this, ah, there's this phrase that goes around that drives me crazy. People say, God won't give you more than you can handle. He does that all the time. He doesn't give you more than you can handle in him, but he says you won't be tempted beyond what you can bear. That wouldn't be fair. If God put you in a t- situation you couldn't resist the temptation, that wouldn't be fair, right? He won't let you be tempted beyond your, he said he will show you a way out so you can endure it. He will give you a way out of temptation, but sometimes we put ourselves in situations to be tempted. What do we say the battle usually is won or lost? Between our ears, right? In our brains. We have to be careful not to put ourselves in situations. That's why we won't allow our teenagers to be alone with the boy or girl by themselves. Because that's what? (laughs) Temptation. We say, if you go on a date, you know, once you're 16 and you want to go on a date with a Christian person, that's great, but you will not be alone with that person because I was a teenager once and I know what it's like, right? We don't put ourselves in that situation. If you're married, you don't typically put yourself alone with a person of the opposite sex. It's not your spouse because it just doesn't look good, right? We do those things. So we need to be aware of time and place triggers and avoid them. Be aware of time and place triggers and avoid them. Second Samuel chapter 11 if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there really quick, uh, if you have the Version app, the notes are there too. It's in there. 2 Samuel. This is the story of King David. And King David was a really, really good king, right? The Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. He was a man who loved the Lord and wanted to do the right things. But <laughs> this is so practical. Check this out. 2 Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1. And it will be on the screen here too. It says, in the time, or in the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, pause, what was David? A king. Where was the king supposed to go in the spring? Off to war, right? Right place, right time. David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Where was David? In Jerusalem. Where was David supposed to be? 
out in the field with the troops. He was not in the right place. So David stayed behind in Jerusalem late one afternoon. He got out of bed. He slept in. Right? Bad idea. And he went walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Now, I don't know how this logistically worked out, but he saw her taking a bath. What should he have done? Hey, lady, you need curtains. And go back downstairs and do whatever, right? But he looked at her. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. That was another one of those little summary statements, right? There were steps here. So was this a good idea or bad idea? Bad idea, right? This eventually led to all sorts of trouble for David because David was not where he was supposed to be. So guys, there are places that we have no business being. If you're tempted by alcohol, should you be somewhere where there is alcohol served? No, not a good idea, right? If you're tempted with pornography, should you be alone in the house with a computer? No. You need safeguards. If you're tempted by another person. Now, guys, are, are married people attracted to other people sometimes? Yeah, that is human nature. It's what you do with that attraction. So if you're attracted to someone, should you be alone with them? No. David was attracted to this lady. He was alone. We're in a place he shouldn't have been with the woman he shouldn't have been with. And it led to disaster. Okay? So, guys, we have to be aware of time and place triggers. Okay? I love this quote. Craig Rochelle says, David was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Led him to see something he shouldn't have seen, which led him to do something he shouldn't have done, which ended up costing him more than he ever wanted to pay. Pretty good summary. Guys, sometimes if we're not aware of place triggers or mood triggers or place triggers or or time triggers, they will trigger a habit that will cost us way more than we want to pay. So we need to be aware of those things. Be aware of where we are tempted, right? So be aware of mood triggers and be cautious of those. We know certain moods cause us to be more vulnerable to temptations. Correct? There are moods, there are times, there are places that we're more vulnerable to temptation. And if we want to stop bad habits, we need to avoid them. Uh, Experts say that there's this thing called HALT, H-A-L-T, HALT. HALT stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you are more vulnerable to temptation. I know myself. I know when I'm more vulnerable. Tired is one for me. When I get tired, I get cranky. When I get cranky, I say things I shouldn't. So sometimes you guys will see me. I just don't say a whole lot. It's because I'm cranky, and I really don't want to say something I shouldn't. So I just smile and wave and go on. Well, pastor was rude. It would have been a lot ruder if I'd have said something, right? So I just don't. I know myself. I have to be aware of that, right? Some of us, when we get hungry, we get hangry, right? Hungry and angry together, it's a bad deal. It's like, wow, that's not pastor. That was a dinosaur that came out. Yeah, it happens, right? When we're angry, we know we get angry. We know we say things, so we just shouldn't. We get lonely or bored. You know, most people who have affairs do it because they're lonely or bored. Most people who get hooked on pornography do it because they're lonely or bored and alone. A lot of times when people have a fight with their spouse, That's when things happen because they're lonely and they're angry. So we have to be aware of those things and tired. When we're tired, we're way, 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 way more apt to do things we shouldn't do. Very practical. 
right? David was probably tired. That's probably why he didn't go to war. He was in the wrong place, wrong time, with the wrong person, and disaster happened. So be cautious. Be aware of mood triggers. Be aware of moment triggers. What is a moment trigger when something happens? Guys, I've seen more marriages fall apart because people have a fight with their spouse and they go talk with that other person. That friend of the opposite sex who understands me better than my husband or my wife. Or they go to that friend that they can shred their husband or their wife with and and talk bad about, and then what happens? We just need to get away from them. You need to, and bad advice happens. We had people that we knew that would get in a fight and they would go to their mom. (laughs) It's not a good place to go when you're mad at your spouse, right? Because what was mom doing? Oh, she just doesn't understand you. I do. Marriage ended in a divorce. And we told them, and other people told them, you can't go stay the night at mom's house when you're mad at your spouse because then you don't fix stuff. It just happens. So be aware of mood or event triggers. Sometimes we go to a friend's house and things happen there that we shouldn't. And we're just not strong enough to say no. So we shouldn't just go to that friend's house, right? Uh, When we get, yeah, anyway, we'll move on. Uh, People triggers. There are certain people that just do not help us get where we need to go, right? The right people can help us move in the right direction toward our goals. The wrong people can help us move in the wrong direction toward disaster. I'm going to say that again. The right people help us move in the right direction towards our goals. The wrong people help us move the wrong direction towards disaster. And guys, I've seen this over and over. I worked at a prison. I was a guard. We worked in units. We were on the same 300 inmates all the time. And I would see guys get ready to leave. And I would say, hey, when you get out, get new friends. Oh, yeah. See, oh, I ain't never coming back here. They go out on parole, and they'd be back two weeks later. I kid you not, there's one guy. I had a three-day weekend, four-day weekend. (laughs) I left on a Thursday. I came back on Tuesday. He was back in the same cell. I I thought you left. I did. I was like, you went to the same guys, didn't you? Yeah. We have to get new friends sometimes. If we want to move in a godly direction, sometimes we just have to get in it. And you don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to say, well, I'm following Jesus now. I can't follow you. You're of the devil. You don't have to say that. You can. It's not helpful. It's not kind. Don't do it. But what do you do? You just say, you know, I'm trying a different direction in my life, and I just think we need to have some time apart. You know, when I get stronger in this, maybe we can hang out some and watch a game or watch a movie, but right now, I just need some space. And if you really care about me, you're going to give me that space. And if you don't, (laughs) adios, right? And it's hard. It costs us. But it's hard. Listen to what Solomon says, Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Some of you need to tattoo that on your arm. Well, don't tattoo because that hurts. Get a sticker. <laughs> Have Sarah make a shirt with this on the sleeve for you, right? <laughs> you see that person? Nope. Can't hang out with you today. Sorry. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be fooled by those who say such things because bad company corrupts good character. Sometimes we just have to get different friends. And I know this is tough. And a lot of us who are following Jesus have had to do that. We've had to do that. Lean on your friends who want to live right. It's hard to live a right life when your closest friends don't share that same desire. 
Guys, sometimes, and that's why we have a church family. That's why we do events. That's why we have a young adult group, a youth group, a kids group, a not so young adult group, a men's group, a women's group. We have those groups to help you get where you want to go. Because none of us can do this thing on our own. That's why God instituted the church to help us get there. So guys, I know this is super, super practical stuff, but we have to do it. So we need to start with a small action today. If you oversleep, what's a great small action? Move your phone to the other side of the room so you have to get out of bed to turn off the alarm. I had to do this in college. I kid you not, I could not get out of bed. I put my alarm on the other side of the room, turn the volume all the way up. If I didn't get out of bed, people were beating on my door saying, shut that thing off. And I had to get out of bed to apologize. Sometimes you just have to do that, right? If you're wanting a a habit of going to the gym in the morning, start putting your clothes in the gym bag the night before so it's ready. And you just pick it up and go, right? Have a friend walk with you in the mornings. If you're trying to exercise, have a friend who will meet with you in the mornings or in the evenings and walk together. Exercise together, right? Put a, guys, now please hear me. I'm going to ask Kenny to go ahead and come up and worship. Some of these habits that we need to stop are life killers. They will destroy our lives. And sometimes we have to get into rehab, Sometimes we have to get into a teen challenge program. Sometimes we have to get into a celebrate recovery group. That's awesome. If you need that, do that. But find someone who'll help you hold you accountable. Some of us, some of you maybe need to put restrictions on your phone and not know the password to get through it. Maybe your spouse needs to have the password or a friend needs to have the password if that's something that's hurting you. Maybe you need to have someone that will call you and hold you accountable every other day or so. Hey, did you spend time with God yesterday? Did you watch that show on TV that you're not supposed to watch. We need those. When I was dating my wife, I had a friend in college who would, every time we went on a date, he knew our set date and he would come into my room and sit down and say, all right, what'd you do? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Nope, nope, nope. And if we were ever tempted, I knew I was going to have to go face him. And he was tough and that's what I needed to make sure we didn't do anything we didn't. And we didn't. We made it all the way through and didn't do that because we both had friends that grilled us every single time. <laughs> we, well, I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> we would get bored and go to the park and find people who were making out. We'd shine flashlights in their car and knock on the window and sing to them. <laughs> Be careful, little hands, what you touch. You know, all those things. <laughs> That's why I can run as fast as I can today because I had lots of practice running away. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. The habits we do today shape who we will become tomorrow. I put that in your notes. The habits we do today will shape who we become tomorrow. Flip that. The habits we stop today will shape who we become tomorrow. Super right. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. These things we do and these things we stop slowly redefine who we are. And guys, I hope next year at this time you say, wow. I started a habit that helped me get so much closer to Jesus. I stopped a habit to help me get so much closer to Jesus. I hope in five years, you don't even recognize who you are because you've changed so much, become so much more like Jesus. And that starts today, today. So Jesus, right now, I just pray for all of those who are here, all who are watching online. Lord, would you help us to identify those habits we need to stop in our lives that are gonna end up costing us so much more than we wanna pay. Lord, would you help us to identify those habits in our lives that are sucking life out of us a little at a time every single day 
so that we don't end up like Samson, so we don't end up in a situation like David, so we don't end up in a situation like all those people that we know who said, I never thought my life would be here, but it all started with a small habit. So would you help us today? Lord, would you poke and prod and convict and speak to us today and let us know the things we need to do and the things we need to stop doing? And it's going to be hard. It's going to take time. But just like Paul says, God is faithful. Well, you will be with us through this. So with every head about, every eye closed, if you're here today, and say, you know, Pastor, I have a habit that God is just poking me that I know I need to stop. We just slip your hand up right where you are. We're not going to ask what it is. We're not going to have you write it down. If you're here today and say, you know what? I, I'm working on a habit, but I just need God's strength to help me get through that. Raise your hand. Father, I pray for all these who raise their hands. Maybe some need to stop a habit starting today. Maybe some are working on stopping the habit. They just need your strength. Father, would you be faithful in our lives and fill us with the strength that we need to do those things. Father, would you help us to start down that path to who we want to become starting today? In Jesus' name.